Shalom to all Gracians. Thank you for tuning in to Grace Assembly's weekend sermon. We are currently on the sermon series, Meet God. The sermon this week is titled, Alignment with God. Bringing us today's word is our very own Pastor Wilson. We hope that you will be blessed hearing the word today. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Gracians. Can you just wave at me all over this place? Good morning, good morning. Good to see many of you back in the house of the Lord. Shalom to those of you who are following us online. And firstly, let me wish everyone a blessed new year of 2022. And I want to congratulate all of you on surviving the pandemic for almost two years now. Tell the person next to you, well done. For those of you online, can you type on the chat, well done. Secondly, I want to announce and reinforce what Pastor Larry has said, that we will be starting our second English service at 11.30 a.m. at Tangling, right here, beginning next weekend. And we will have two on-site services at Tangling, both at 9 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. But there will be no change for Grace at Bukit Batu with one service at 11.30 a.m. Now, so do take note of all these changes in this coming new year. So with this start of a new year, I want to begin with a special focus on prayer. Say with me, prayer. The last two years have been very difficult for many of us. Given the uncertain times ahead, I sense a spiritual need to start the year in seeking God through prayer and fasting. And beginning on Monday, tomorrow, to next Sunday, the 3rd to the 9th of January, we will have one week of one meal, fast and prayer. It can be a fast on any of your meals, either breakfast, lunch or dinner. You can do it alone or you can do it with your grace groups members or your family members together as husband and wife if you're working from home. Use the meal times to have additional time of prayer, prayer engagement with God. But do take note, guys, please remember, fasting without prayer is dieting. And I don't think we want to diet, we want to fast and pray. So please set aside the meal times to pray if you want, especially if you want all this time to be a spiritual fast unto the Lord. And I can assure you that many things, many, many things will call for your attention every time when it comes to your lunch fast or your breakfast fast, whichever it is. Therefore, you must decide before the fasting starts that you will not allow any distractions to take you away from God during this one week of, of intensified prayer and fasting. Set aside the meal times you are fasting to pray and align your individual life, your family life, your marriage, and all of your family and your career to the Lord. Now, some of you may be thinking this morning, you're saying, but pastor, why, why, why must we align our lives to the Lord? Or some of you will be thinking right now, How? I want to, but how do I have that alignment? And that's what I will be sharing today. The topic of my sharing today is alignment with God. Alignment with God. And the big idea is that prayer is an alignment to God's will. Prayer is an alignment to God's will. And let's learn the alignment process through the life example of our Lord Jesus Christ found in Matthew chapter 26. Let me dive right in right now in Matthew 26, 
verse 36 to 44. Beginning with verse 36, it says that, Then Jesus went with them, with them he refers to disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. Now say with me, Gethsemane. And he said, Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Look at this, this phrase right now. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. In verse 38, then he said to them, Jesus said to the disciples, My soul is very sorrowful. Look at this phrase here. Even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Now, the context of this passage was the night just before Christ was betrayed and arrested for the crucifixion. Our Lord Jesus and his disciples were in Gethsemane, and then he went further distance and took his inner core of disciples of Peter, James, and John with him to pray. And the reason could be that our Lord Jesus needed a closer group to support him emotionally as he approached his crucifixion. Now, verse 37 tells us that our Lord Jesus was sorrowful and troubled. Now, the English translation here does not fully capture the actual intensity of Christ's struggle until verse 38. In verse 38, if we look carefully right now, the Bible tells us that Christ was so crushed with anguish and in such terrible distress that the Bible says that he felt like dying. Christ felt like dying. Can you imagine with me? The Son of God was so emotionally overwhelmed that he actually felt like dying. Only our, you see, our Lord Jesus knew. He knew about the terrible events that, that were coming his way. Even though he was sent into the world to die for humanity, the reality of walking the process towards the cross was just too much for our Lord Jesus. Yes, Jesus was the Son of God. But church, you must understand that he was also fully human and agonized with the coming events that would crush him physically. The struggles in Gethsemane confirm the humanity of Jesus Christ. You see, church, Gethsemane exposed the frailty of, of our human Messiah. And that was the exact reason for Christ's prayer at Gethsemane. He, he went there because he needed God's help in his time of need. And church, if our Lord Jesus needed God in his time of need, what about us today? What about us? I believe that in the coming new year of 2022, there will be times of challenges and difficulties that will expose our weaknesses. And when that time comes, my friend, we must learn from our Lord Jesus to turn to God for help. Because prayer affirms our humanity, isn't it? Prayer affirms our humanity. Whenever we pray to God, 
We ask our King and Master to be our sufficiency in times of need. When we pray to God, we take off our human pride by asking Christ to be our source of strength. When we pray to God, we are taking our eyes off our limitations and look to Christ for His intervention. Church, prayer affirms our humanity and the need for God's intervention. Can somebody say amen? You know, I have, I, I have pre-believing friends who ever asked me this question before. And my pre-believing friends say that, why, why do Christians always like to pray? And, I was, and I, when I heard that question, I, I knew something was coming. And, and they went on asking me, saying, doesn't the frequent act of praying make Christians look very weak and needy? You know, when I heard that question, I was, I was dumbfounded when I first heard something like this. Because it did, not, it did not occur to me that prayers can be construed as being weak in the eyes of others. But as I examined scriptures, I found that our weaknesses before God are not frowned upon, but rather our weaknesses are embraced by God. Apostle Paul also boasted of his weaknesses before God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 to 10, Paul said this. He said that three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Now the context of the verse is that Paul prayed to the Lord to remove a physical ailment, a physical affliction sent from Satan to him. He asked the Lord to remove this affliction, but the Lord did not allow it. Look at verse 9 right now. In verse 9, he says that, but he, Christ, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And for the sake of Christ then, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with hardships, persecutions, calamities, for when I am weak, church, then I am strong. Can somebody say amen? Apostle Paul did not shy away from boasting in his weaknesses because, because it was in his weakness that Christ's power could rest on him and make him strong. You see, church, our human weaknesses can become the very opportunity for Christ's power to be manifested in and through us. So the question is this, will I rather be proud before God with my strengths or would I rather come before God in my weakness so that Christ's power can be manifested in me? I don't know about you, but for me, I would rather be weak before God so that I can be the vessel of Christ's power. What about you today? 
My friend, what about you today as you come before the Lord? How do you see prayer this morning? How do you see prayer in your life? Do you see prayers to be avenues for the manifestation of Christ's power in your time of need? Do you see that? Tell your neighbor right now. Remind your neighbor on your left and right. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. For those of you online, can you type that as well? When I'm weak, then I am strong. Therefore, we can gather from the passage in Matthew 26 thus far that Christ prayed to God the Father because, number one, He needed strength to go through the impending ordeal. He needed strength. So coming back right now to the passage in Matthew 26, we'll see, we, let's see right now Christ's anguish from verses 36 to all the way to 38. Because out of His overwhelmed emotions, Christ presented His request to God the Father. Let's jump right in right now to verse 39. In verse 39, He says this, And going a little further, he fell on his face. Christ fell on his face and Christ prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Listen carefully to the prayer of Jesus. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, as he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, he said to Peter, Peter, so how could you not watch with me for one hour? Verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now how many of you here, you have fallen asleep before when you were supposed to pray? I raise my hands, I raise my hands when I'm together with many of you. At least now as you read this passage, you have an excuse the excuse to say that, hey, I'm following the apostles' footstep to fall asleep when we pray. <laughs> now, coming back to verse 39 now, let's unpack Christ's prayer to the Father. If you look at verse 39, it says that, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now, church, the word cup refers to the cup of suffering that Christ would undergo on the cross. This cup of suffering was God's judgment on sins and the wickedness of humanity. Christ's prayer was for God the Father to release Him from going to the cross. Something was happening in Christ when he was agonizing at Gethsemane, there was an intense struggle within Christ to follow the divine plan of God to die for humanity. Christ was asking God the Father for the possibility of a plan B. He was asking for plan B, which was to avoid going to the cross. Now, church, what caused Christ to have the sudden hesitation to go to the cross? What was going through Christ's mind when he wanted to pull out from, from his divine assignment on earth? 
as I look at the passage, the struggle of Christ, I can think of two possible reasons for Christ wanting to pull out from this plan. Firstly, the immense emotional turmoil of being separated from God the Father when Christ would carry the sins of the world on the cross. That was one of his greatest struggles of being separated from God the Father. Secondly, the second reason possibly was the excruciating pain and torture of the crucifixion that was coming his way. You see, church, you must understand that crucifixion was designed and perfected by the Roman soldiers to inflict maximum pain over a prolonged period of time where you will eventually die. So the sense of abandonment by God the Father and plus the impending physical mutilation were just too overwhelmed, overwhelming for Christ. And all these factors were simply too much for Christ to handle all at once in Gethsemane. You see, church, as I unpack the episode of Christ's life, you can see for yourself how real the Bible is in recording Christ's struggles for us to see. I believe, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to see the intensity of Christ's struggles so that we can also learn to be like Christ in our journey of faith. And allow me right now to use Christ's experience in this passage to highlight two important truths about prayer. The first truth is that Christ demonstrated to us that we too can bring our struggles, our fears, and our anxieties to God. We can come to God just as we are in our weaknesses, the same way that Christ came before God the Father. That's the first truth. The second truth is this, that Christ can empathize with our emotional pain and anxieties because of his past struggles on earth as a human. You see, church, Christ understands our pain and anguish not because he is divine, but because he is also fully human. And that's the reason why Hebrews 4 verse 15 says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, is, who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sins. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Church, our Lord Jesus is this very high priest who can sympathize and empathize with us because of his prior human experience on earth. And because of these two powerful truths, we do not need to come to God with a set of memorized moral prayers, what I call 10-year series prayers. We don't need to. Now, talking about memorized prayers, I spent 10 years of my life, 10 years of my primary and secondary school life added together in a Catholic school that prayed the Lord's Prayer 
every morning. And many of my pre-believing friends thought that that was the only prayer Christians would pray. They always think, oh, that's all you all pray? This same set of prayer every morning? And some of my classmates, I remember, would even make fun of Christians and, and my Catholic friends, saying that we sounded like chanting monks, especially because we, I came from an all-boys school. So we, they go, hey, oh, the monks are starting again, you know, my friends will make fun of us. And being in the same school for many years, many of my pre-believing friends could even recite the Lord's Prayer. But church, you must understand that the Lord's Prayer is not meant only to be the memorized prayer that we use in our time with God. It's not meant to be. The Lord's Prayer is meant to model for us on how to engage God effectively. The Lord's Prayer starts with us addressing God as Father, our Father, Abba. And thereafter to ask for forgiveness of sins and the need for daily necessities, our daily bread. And it ends off lastly to ask for God's protection from temptation. The Lord's Prayer provides a possible model for us to engage God. But it is never meant to be the only prayer that we have with God. Now just in case you want to learn more on how to use the Lord's Prayer, we will be teaching it through our Grace Every Morning Daily Devotional beginning tomorrow for two weeks, all right? So you can just tune in, download it, access them for your personal devotion to learn on how to pray using the Lord's Prayer. So coming back right now to the two powerful truths on prayer through Christ's life on earth, how then should we approach God in our prayers? Well, church, Definitely, we can come to God with all of our struggles, with all of our pain, with all of our confusion. And I want you to know, church, that God is not afraid to hear our internal turmoil, our fears, our anxieties, and what's really, really heavy upon our hearts. Therefore, echoing what Hebrews 4.16 has mentioned, we can approach Christ with great confidence and receive grace and mercy in times of our need. Now, how many of you here, every time you pray, you want to receive God's grace and mercy when you call upon Him? How many of you? And if you want to, my friend, I want you to know that, that you can and you will receive it if you come before God with all of your heart in weakness and say, God, I need you. And for those of you online, if you need that as well, can you type in the chat, grace and mercy. Now, with this truth that we have learned, we can add right now to the narrative of Christ's prayer in Gethsemane. We learn from the episode in Gethsemane that Christ prayed to God the Father because, number one, He needed strength to go through the impending ordeal. Number two, He struggled with God's plan for Him on earth. And with this, let me move on to the following verses right now in Matthew 26. It says in verse 42, again for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. 
So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Now verse 42 here has a similar prayer component as that of verse 38. And let's examine right now this same prayer, this prayer component in these two verses, in verse 38 and 42. Let me read to you right now in verse 38. It says here, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In verse 42, it says, It's my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. From these two verses, you can see the component of alignment. Say with me right now. Together, say with me, alignment. Alignment not to Christ's personal requests, nor to the will of the disciples or the sleepy disciples, but to the Father's will. The moment our Lord Jesus knew that there was no plan B, He aligned His body, His soul, His spirit towards the cross. And to me, this, this is probably the turning point in Christ's prayer to the Father. And this is also the most crucial component in our prayers to God, the alignment to God's will for our lives. You see, church, we often come to God with our emotions, isn't it? We come to God with our struggles, with our desires for certain preferred outcome. Some of us, we, we have a certain outcomes in mind and every time we come to God, we say, God, I want this outcome for my life. I want this outcome for this matter. And we cry to God with our struggles. And all these are fine to bring before God when we are in difficult moments of our lives. It's okay. God understands that. God hears us. But church, prayer is never about having our preferences and desired outcomes. Never. When we bring our struggles before the Lord, Christ empathizes with us because of His human experience on us. But at the same time, Christ will enable us to have the strength to align to His will, but by, to, to His will the way that He did at Gethsemane. Prayer is never about using emotional blackmail to get what we want from God the Father. Prayer can be used to express our emotional turmoil, but never to, to manipulate God's will. Prayer is about alignment to God's will and plan. You see, church, prayer is not just about us. It's about us aligning to God's heart and mind for our lives, for our families, for our career, for our children, isn't it? Gethsemane was very difficult for Christ. Gethsemane was about the death of Christ's human will, his preferred outcome, his desire. And, and it was the death of his will and the alignment to God's divine will. But the outcome of Gethsemane, church, that's more important. The outcome of Gethsemane is a very powerful and positive one. Christ's Gethsemane has brought life to you and me today, making us children of God. 
as mentioned earlier, we are starting this year with fasting and praying from the 3rd to the 9th of January. I believe that as we start the year in prayer and fasting from Monday to Sunday, God will align many of us to His will and agenda for 2022. Because as you fast and pray, the Holy Spirit will align you to His will in your career. As you fast and pray, He will align you to your, His will, align you to His will for your family, for your ministry, and for you, most importantly, to find purpose and meaning in all that you do in 2022. I believe that you don't want to have another meaninglessly busy year of 2022, isn't it? You want to have a purposeful year aligned with the Lord. That as you walk with Him, you sense His presence going with you. As you fast and pray in the year of 2022, church, pray for a meaningful year where the Lord will direct you to engage in life-transforming endeavors. Ask. Ask for God's favor and presence to be with you in all that you do. For some of you here, you'll be entering the new year with new assignments, new responsibilities. Some of you here are seeking God's direction for the remaining year and the years ahead of you. And you know that you'll be a challenging year where, where you need God's guidance and presence, isn't it? Use a time of prayer and fasting. Use it to align yourself to what God has for you in 2022. Because as you fast and pray, some of you may even go through a Gethsemane experience where God wants you to exchange your desire for His will. Don't be surprised. It can be agonizing for a week for some of you here. But it will be during this extended week of prayer and fasting that you will wrestle with God to have His purpose, His will for yourself and your family. Remember, church, that every Gethsemane experience is to align you to God's will and for Christ's greater purpose to be fulfilled through you. You see, for me, I had my Gethsemane experience as well. I had a Gethsemane experience in 2016. In 2016, I took time to seek the Lord's face in January as well, in the beginning of the year. Because there was an unsettledness in my spirit as I stepped into 2016. I decided to take time to pray and to seek God's mind for my life, for my ministry, for my family. And I took time to pray and I asked God to speak to me. I said, God, I want to hear from you. I said, God, I have this stage of my life that I just want to align everything to your will. I prayed. And in one of my encounters, the Lord spoke to me. The Lord said to me very clearly in one of my prayer time with him, the Lord said very clearly that be ready. Be ready for a shift in your ministry. In 2016, the Lord spoke to me. And you must understand that in 2016, I was, I was the president of a Bible college in Singapore. I thought, I thought at a point in time that the Lord would shift me from the academic role back to the local church that I was serving then. I kept the matter in my heart and I came back, I shared with, with Evelyn, my, this is what the Lord spoke to me about, this shift that will happen in 2016. So we, we kept that in our heart and in 2016, he came and he went. And in 2017, there was this guy by the name of Pastor Calvin Lee. 
he approached me to join Grace Assembly. My Gethsemane experience started immediately after my conversation with Pastor Calvin Lee. Immediately. Because I did not expect that the shift is like that. I struggled deeply with leaving my spiritual community, community for more than 30 years. I struggled to, live, to leave the full-time staff team with whom I worked very closely with for more than 20 over years. And you must understand that I did not expect the shift in my ministry to be out of my comfort zone. The struggle was so intense within me that I even prayed against, against Pastor Calvin's offer. I said, God, take this distraction away from me. In the name of Jesus, I come against all that he has said. God, get, get, I, I say, get thee behind me. Whatever this is not of you, I, I pray against this distraction. I command it to go away. And just the more I pray against it, the more difficult it was for me. I struggle. I say, God, well, it's, it's, just, it's just so heavy. The more I pray, the more difficult because I knew that it was my Gethsemane. Because it was my Gethsemane moment, I told the Lord about my pain, my loss, if I were to leave my previous community, my previous spiritual community. And after crying for weeks, I cried for weeks, struggled for weeks, I cried. And I, after crying, I said, oh God, I need, I need to stop crying over this now. I said, God, help me. So I changed my prayer approach because I knew that I was not heading anywhere with God. So my prayers went from, why God? I was upset, angry. I said, God, why me? My prayer went from this to, God, it's, it's just so difficult for me. And eventually, to the point where I said, God, help me. Your will be done. It took me weeks to reach the point to say, God, your will be done. And I also realized that my heart began to align with God the moment I change my prayers. And of course, the rest of it is history as I transited into the Grace family in March 2018 and took over the spiritual leadership in January 2020. As I look back on these last two years of the pandemic, I can now say that my Gethsemane is meant for a greater reason. And this purpose is not just for me, but also for the grace community that is so, so precious to God. Can somebody say amen? In closing, let me summarize what we have learned today. Why did Jesus pray? Well, Jesus prayed to God the Father because he needed strength to go through the impending ordeal. Number two, he struggled with God's plan for him on earth. But number three, which is the most important, he aligned himself to God's will and agenda. You see, church, every Gethsemane experience is about alignment to God's will and his greater purpose that is to be fulfilled through us. Amen? So with that, let me close in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for showing us your struggles and turmoil when you were on earth in Gethsemane.
Thank you for modeling that to us that prayer is about a safe place for us to express our pain and our frustrations to you, O oh God. And yet through all, all, all your struggles, O oh God, you showed us the need for alignment to God's will to find purpose and meaning on earth. For that, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for showing us how to, how to struggle in prayer and yet be aligned to God the Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed all over this place and for those of you online as well, I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you to begin this year in fasting and prayer. The Lord wants you to set aside time to seek His face before the busyness of the year comes your way. For some of you here, the Lord is speaking to you to set aside time to fast and pray because of the new responsibility and roles you are assuming in the new year. For some of you, new fast and pray because of new direction you are seeking the Lord for. You are saying, God, I need you to direct my footstep ahead. By the end of the day, we need God, you need God to go before you in all that will happen in 2022. And if you know that the Lord wants you to set aside time to fast and pray, to seek Him for the year ahead of you, I want you all over this place right now to lift your hands and say, God, yes, I will, I will, I will fast and pray this week to seek your face. If that's you, lift your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Many hands. Let's lift your hands to Him right now and say, God, I will set aside a meal, time and fa to fast and pray this week. You seek your mind to seek your will for my life, for my family, for my career, for all that's ahead for me. If that's you, lift your hand to say, God, I will do that in the next one week. Many hands all over this place. Thank you. Some of you are going through a Gethsemane experience right now. And you need strength to align yourself with God and all that God wants to do through you. Church, I want you to know that Gethsemane is not to harm you. The Gethsemane experience is to align you to God's better purpose for you. Gethsemane allows God to use you for His greater purpose and bring meaning into your life. And if you're going through a Gethsemane experience where you need God's strength and you, and, and you need God's strength to, for, his, for, for alignment to His will, you say, God, is very difficult, but God, I want to align to your will, your purpose for me as I go through this Gethsemane. If that's you right now, I want you to lift your hands all over this place and say, God, help me in my Gethsemane. Thank you. Thank you. Lift your hands to him. Thank you. You say, God, I, I'm, as I go through my Gethsemane, give me strength to align to you. And some of you are struggling to align because you know that it, it will be painful in some way, somehow. But you say, God, I can't see it now, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe for your will and purpose and it, it will be better for me. If that's you, lift your hands all over this place right now. That's why thank you. Thank you. Many hands, many hands. Thank you, thank you. Allow me to pray. for Lord Jesus, you see every hand that has been raised, and I declare your grace is sufficient for us. And as we approach your throne of grace, God, we will receive your grace and mercy in our times of need. 
enable everyone here to align themselves to your will and purpose in 2022. Enable us, O oh God, to align. Grant us strength and courage to align to your will, your purpose. Through our weakness, Lord Jesus, you be glorified in 2022. In our weakness, be glorified, O oh God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' powerful name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In our weakness, Lord Jesus, be glorified. God, in our struggle, be honored and glorified as we align to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Church, would you stand with me right now all over this place? Stand with me. As the team leads us right now to respond to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I sat over there listening to your senior pastor's message. I cannot just stand and just say, God, I believe that 2022 is going to be a great and exciting year for us as a church. Can you hear loud? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's give that every praise offering. And I do not know whether, you know, Pastor was talking about, some of you may have to go through that Gethsemane experience. But know one thing, you will make it through. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us this week. We hope that you've been blessed by the word this week. Have a blessed day ahead and may God be with you.